0: This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. This is Baseball Outside the Box with Peter Caliendo. Innovative thoughts from baseball's best coaching minds from around the world. Brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, former USA Baseball National Team coach, Peter Caliendo. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, in the U.S. and around the world. Welcome to Baseball Outside the Box. I'm your host, Pete Caliendo, and yes, I am back from the beautiful country of Canada. BC Minor Baseball, coaches, players, and parents care about Hopefully, you've been following the podcast. A lot of great stuff going on in Canada. We were in over 22 cities promoting the game of baseball and working with the key people in the game. And remember, key people, we talk about it all the time. Three people, players, parents, and coaches, It cannot be just the players and the coaches. The parents have to be involved. Whether you like it or not, folks, um, get them involved, get them educated, help them out. They can help their kids out a great deal. Coaches cannot do it alone um, unless you're practicing four or five times a week. And I don't think most of you in the US and around the world at the youth level are coaching four or five times a week or having practices then. If you are fantastic, if not, um, get parents involved. All right, folks, we are, guess what? canada we go all over the world and this can gonna be great we are heading to ireland um and yes there is baseball in ireland i know people some people might say what do you mean baseball in ireland well there's some very good baseball in ireland it's an interesting we've got somebody who who from the u.s went to ireland is now the high performance development coach with baseball uh, and let me uh, let's not waste any time. Let me welcome Frank Andrews, originally from Colorado, now in Dublin. What's How up, you? Frank? How
1: are you? <laughs> How's it going, Peter?
0: Good, good. We are introducing baseball in Ireland all over the world. Now, obviously, it has been around for a while. Um, you know, what's interesting is, you know, the um, there's a hundred and 20 some countries maybe even more playing baseball now so there's a lot of countries out there people are not familiar with I think this will be interesting uh, to talk about baseball in Ireland let's let's go back to where you how you started all this I know you, you grew up in the states uh, t- tell our folks you know what you did in the states
1: yeah I grew up in uh, Loveland Colorado went to Loveland High uh, you know great little great little spot great little town booming now um, then I went to uh I went to Juco in North Dakota and then I went and played four-year at Concordia. I was hurt the entire time. <laughs> and I decided after I got my degrees that I wanted to kind of go abroad and see what I could do, see the world. So I had a couple of options and just kind of wound up in Ireland doing my master's and found out just as everybody does eventually that there's baseball in Ireland and I want to be a part of it. And here I am now. <laughs>
0: cool. And now, master's, what was the master's then? Uh, strength and conditioning. Oh, you know what? And I was just about to ask you, you know, say you had all these injuries, you know, and I'm familiar with some injuries um, also, not major, like possibly yours. I don't know. But um, now, you know, what's great is now you can help, you know, kids, you know, kind of reduce the possibility of having injuries, right? Yep. Prehab before you rehab. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, you're right about that, because I think, you know, you look at even the people and the players and uh, and we'll get into baseball in Ireland but you know the players in major league baseball a lot of times you know even minor league baseball they go through that Tommy John and I and I get it you know some people say okay 75 percent of them are going to be just as strong if not stronger but you know I think once they see what it takes to come back all that workout you know and the like you said the rehab I'd rather work hard and avoid that right
1: yeah I mean and that's the that's the main thing is you you got to put in the time beforehand so you just don't have to take the time off. Like when you come back, me. I started off. So I had my offer from the JUCO, the D2 JUCO in North Dakota uh, before I even graduated. And uh, pretty much by the end of the summer, you know, like I had gotten away from the gym a little bit. I was playing a lot, probably a little bit too much because I was doing travel ball on top of that. And I ended up uh, tearing a disc in my back. So that was kind of the start of the slide, but it all started with the silliest little injury it was like a, a ball off the ankle It caused a blood clot in the leg. And then that from that, I started doing weird compensations around that. And just, Ooh. but, you know, like that, that, exactly what you said, like a lot of the times for me, I had to bring myself back. But, you know, as I was bringing myself back, there were other people that were going through it. and I'm very fortunate that like my my mentor and trainer, Brian uh, Nicewender, he's in Fort Collins, Colorado, that kind of area. He was the head strength conditioning coach for the Arizona Diamondbacks minor league programs for a while. He came up to Colorado and I kind of hooked up with him right at the time that I was kind of preparing and training. That was my first experience of gym stuff. And it, you know, it's, it's amazing how adding a little bit of gym work and a little bit of prep stuff can actually change your game. And, uh, you know, like through the years from either being injured or trying to build back and just learning from him, I was able to do a lot of mentoring and like I, was, I interned with him and that I worked with him and, you know, gained a lot of experience on how the strength and conditioning side actually can help develop players. And that's kind of what I took over here was that, and that's why I want to do my master's in strength and conditioning too. So,
0: Absolutely. And Frank, what was a couple of things? What position did you play in? Outfield. Multi, left field, multi, Multi-sport athlete when you were young?
1: Yeah, basketball, baseball, soccer. I pretty much played everything. I was a state champion BMX bike racer. Um, nice. Pretty much everything, soccer, ice hockey. Wow. And
0: and I and, uh, just like to be outside. <laughs> yeah, and now all of a sudden, um, you know, here you are, you decide, you know, for, for coach, you know, for players, because, you know, we get a lot of calls, emails, you know, players, coaches that want to coach overseas. Um, how did that
1: connection happen? Where'd you start? I started from nothing. I just came over. I like in the strength and conditioning side, like it's kind of the writing on the wall you know, it's just an oversaturated field. Everybody wants to do it. So you have to get the next leg up. Like I got, technically I was supposed to get three degrees, but there was one class that wasn't offered that year. So I couldn't get the third. So I ended up getting minor, but I ended up getting two degrees with a minor in chemistry and all that stuff because I wanted to get that leg up. But I remember I was at a NSCA conference and there was this really young strength conditioning coach from, uh, the South Dakota School of Mines, and he was, he was kind of hosting it and giving talks. I was like, man, what did you go through? He's like, yeah, I interned for four years, didn't get paid, you know, but, like, that's kind of what you have to do. And I just looked at it I'm like, I got to find other options here. I'm not going to go four years unpaid just to do this. So <laughs> I ended up eventually doing that. I did, but the opportunity was bigger, so it was kind of worth it, and that's why I'm here today. But, you know, I was like, look, I, I just got to go somewhere where it might might be easier for me to get the opportunity rather than either having to know someone or having having to go through chains and links and all that stuff to try and climb my way up, like jump in and start something, build something from the ground up, and that's that's what we have today. So wait a second. So you just decided to go to Ireland? Yep. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. Uh, tell everybody how that looks. Okay. You 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 get on a plane. You go. I mean, you have any
1: contacts? You have a, no. a reservation anywhere? You know? No. I mean so like when when I graduated I kind of knew that I wanted to go abroad so I wanted to do a degree that was backed by the strength national strength and conditioning association so there's like four internationally or at the time there was about four or five there was one in Canada one in the Netherlands one in Ireland and then like one in Germany or I think it was Australia so those were the five outside of the United States that were backed so I was like okay I'll just kind of I might as well just go to Europe and see, I was like, I don't know if I want to go to Australia, Canada, I've been, okay. I, I could go to Canada, but I just was really interested in that one. So when I graduated, me and one of my cousins and his friends, we just kind of took a tour of Europe and I just fell in love with it. It was great. It's a great place. So I mean, I'm very happy. Oh, <laughs>
0: well, it looks like it. And uh, you know what? And I think that's a great story because, you know, a lot of times we you know, I get a lot of young coaches email me. say, "Oh, I'd love to do this. Love to do that. It, you know, and then uh, I might ask the question, well, what, what can you do, you know, um, I hate to say, but what can you do for us, you know, first, you know, prove prove what you can do, and that's basically what you've done, you know, you just said, hey, I'm going out there, I'm going to show them what I can do, Um, now, how how did the contacts happen with Baseball Ireland?
1: It was actually, it wasn't, I didn't even find it, it was one of my classmates, so I was about a semester in, and this dude from Canada that was one of my friends over here, in, in the same program as I was he was like hey uh did you know there's baseball in Ireland I was like I did not know that I had looked and I definitely did not see it
0: wow. so he's
1: like no dude I saw an ad on Facebook I was like okay so he sent it on to me and it was uh Alan Fox from the Spartans so I messaged Alan and he was like oh yeah no come on you can come play and I was like are you sure like you know I haven't played in a while and he's like no it's fine just fine it's fine you just come play and I was like okay and I was like oh, Alan by the way is there a national team he's like yeah I'm on the national team. I was like, cool, do you guys train or anything? He's like, yeah, we train every weekend, you know, or every other weekend, something like that, up in Ashburn. I was like, okay, I'm there. Like, how do I get in contact with the dude that's in charge? And he's like, oh, it's just Sean. You message him, you could probably tell him. So I explained everything to Sean. I showed up, and there wasn't really a lot of organization. Like, there wasn't really a warm-up. There wasn't really this or that. Was like hey I'm doing my master's in strength and conditioning can I like step in on some of this stuff and kind of help with some warm-ups and maybe some drills and he's like yeah absolutely and literally from that moment on the rains have it's been like six what five years five years so wow that's a great
0: story love it and you know folks I just tell you my Dublin story because it's not really a baseball one um, <laughs> I was on uh, vacation with my wife Beverly and you know we're actually in Scotland and we're supposed to go to Dublin and Unfortunately, my wife's friend, friend's husband uh, passed away, so she headed home and I had to go to Dublin. I didn't book a hotel in Dublin, you know, because I thought I'd just pick one up when I get there. Yeah, well, lo and behold, uh, I guess Michael Buble was holding a concert there, Canadian, and everything was sold out. So <laughs> I showed up, I kind of like you a little bit, I showed up, you know, I get on a bus, I get to the airport, take the bus downtown, not trying to figure out where am I going? And uh, it took me a couple hours, but I found a, uh, a college that was given uh, selling some dorms, you know, for like a yeah. hotel. So I ended up staying in a college. But again, great story, Frank. And uh, tell us. So now your, your job is high performance uh, development coach. Is that just for the national team? Is that for all of, you know, baseball Ireland? You go to different clubs, all that stuff.
1: Everything. It's everything. Um, it's kind of evolved a little bit. In the past, it had been that I traveled to different clubs, but now that we got the, like, the first thing that we did, like, like I, I started the job right at the height of the pandemic, right when everything was shutting down. So, obviously, it was great timing, but it gave us a great opportunity, and that's the thing that I kept saying over and over again. It's like, look, this is a great time to restart and start right. So, while everything was shut down, while we couldn't do baseball stuff, we we built this place, the Strike Zone. It was an amazing it's a great facility. It's not too big. It's not too small. It's just right. We have a gym in here. We have three cages. We have two uh, pitching machines. We have a hit tracks. We can literally open everything up so we can do everything that we want. We can get the development that we want. And so that that's kind of what has kind of evolved is instead of me going to everyone, which sometimes is it's good and bad. But as you know in Ireland, uh, I don't actually you know you may or may not know this, but it rains a lot over here. So you can never guarantee that you're going to have outdoor practice. And like, if you do have practice, it's going to be in an indoor hall, like at a school, but that's if the school will let you, there might be other stuff going on. So a lot of scheduling problems. So it, it was very clear that we needed to have like a central hub of development. And that's kind of where my job is now. It's just developing from this point. So everybody comes in here and we can train whenever we want because it's indoors. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I'm
0: familiar with the rain because I coached in Belgium the national team there. Um, uh, very similar, you got to get ready to go indoors anytime. And, and I got to tell you, uh, Frank, I got some people on Facebook, uh, quite a bit. Of, you know, it's interesting to hear Brett Van Hooser, I uh, believe from Ireland, good to, he says, good to hear others with similar stories. But maybe we'll get you on the show one day to tell about your story. Love the stories, uh, people going overseas. A lot of great baseball careers going on. I've been going on for a long time. Not only as a player, you, you know, a lot of times players will go over, get, a, you know, they'll play. And sometimes they wonder, should I go overseas to play? you know, it's an opportunity. And then all of a sudden it leads to national team playing. Then it leads to um, coaching. Then, uh, then uh, you know, it also leads, you meet somebody and then you marry there and then here, yeah. here goes your life, right? Yeah. I have an Irish
1: baby. So uh one and a half year old, she's a fiery little Irish redhead. She gives out to me all the time. <laughs> there you go, man. Hey, listen, is um the strike zone uh privately owned federation? How does that work? Uh, Baseball Ireland owns it. So right. we we're, technically renting the facility. So it's a five-year rental. Um, sure. Obviously, we have bigger plans that we want to eventually own our own place. But, you know, this is kind of the make it or break it kind of proving point for us. Um, baseball Ireland's a nonprofit. So we're pretty much only funded by donations. Um, a lot of that from all over the world, the States especially, there's some great people over there that are willing to back Irish baseball. And we greatly appreciate everything. Um, so this is kind of our opportunity to really kick it in into high you know, the highest drive that we possibly can. And like, you know, part of my job in the past had been, you know, I go to schools to give tasters to baseball because they don't really know baseball exists and all that stuff. So we're trying to introduce it into the younger generation, but it's such a, a strong culture over here. Have you ever heard of the God? No, the GAA, the Irish, the Irish sports. So like you hurling Irish football, uh, Gaelic football, sorry. Camogie stuff like that. It has a real stronghold in the school. So like don't any kind of, they call baseball an alternative sport over here. So any kind of alternative sport that comes in, you know, you have a lot of heritage and, you know, just pride around those sports that you're constantly fighting with. But you know, like the, those sports, they're great sports. They're super athletic sports. If you ever get a chance, watch a hurling match because it's like a combination of soccer, ice hockey, Football, it's it's madness. It's absolute murder. Murder on a pitch. Like how do you spell it? Hurling. Uh like hurley, but in at the end. But, but but you called it the ga. Yeah, GAA. So the Gaelic Athletic Association. So oh, in charge of running Irish or Gaelic sports. And yeah, continue. we just want to
0: check that out because you know I was gonna lead into this later and let's go right with it,
1: because a lot of these young kids are playing this sport. Um, it's growing. And that's part of why I'm here. It's part of my job is to grow the sport. But, you know, in the past, we go into these schools, and, you know, we have these tasters, which is great. But at the end of it, you know, you you made it known that baseball exists, but we don't really get a lot of kids to come back into the program from those tasters. So we're kind of trying to take a little bit of a sidestep and kind of fill in the gaps that we have, like we have a good amount of youth players now which is nice. It's just kind of simple, simple philosophy. If you build it, they'll come, you know, and that's, that's kind of where we've been for a while, but we, for a while, development over here is kind of paused. There was, there was a bit of a lull. So like our national team say has like, I would say 30 plus players, a lot of 30 plus players domestically. Um, One that's 23, one that's 21, a couple that are 20 and then, all the way down to like 18 like we have one 18 year old we have three 17 year olds we have a bunch more 15 year olds and 16 year olds and all that stuff so it's it's growing but as you can see there's a bit of a gap so what we're trying to do now is we're trying to kind of associate a a high american high school program if you will in here in ireland so go to the schools see who's interested in doing an after school program and kind of building teams up around there but you know with with all of that, it always comes down to if you get a coach that wants to do that, it's always volunteer hours, you know, so you can never rely on them 100%. And if you're going to make it that kind of a commitment or have a school make a commitment, you have to have a coach that's committed and we're kind of struggling with that. Because at the end of the day, like if somebody's going to do something for it, like the only way to make them so that you can keep them reliably is pay them. And right now we're kind of in a spot where, you know, we could, but it's always kind of a hit or miss situation. And uh, so we're trying to sort that out and get back into the schools after COVID and start the outreach again. But it's, you know, as soon as COVID happened, it was like back to zero. So we're, we're starting again, pretty much.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I know a lot of programs around the world were hurt by COVID. Um, you know, tell our audience a little bit about the structure of Baseball Ireland, you know, like the, where the clubs are at, roughly how many clubs,
1: how many kids in the whole country <laughs> playing baseball? So, over, overall population of Baseball Ireland is between 750 and 800 members, um, the majority being kids, I would say. We have one or two clubs up north. We have a club in the south. And then the majority of the other clubs are in Dublin. So, we have four in Dublin. We have Ashburn. We have the Mariners that are in Shagana, which is kind of the south, southeast side on the coast. Then we have the Spartans and the Hurricanes, and they're they're kind of in Cork Park, which is uh, kind of outside Lincoln.
0: Frank, one of the toughest things, and I not just around the world, but in the U.S. One of the hardest things. Okay, we I think most people agree baseball's not as an easy sport to play. It's also not the most exciting for young kids because you know they're not moving all the time, as you know. Um, yeah big question all the time. I ask this all the time because I think it's important to educate as many people as possible. Yes, you got it. Okay. One, you got to get the kids in Ireland to come to see the sport, come play it. So you go to the schools, as you mentioned, Yeah, Uh, you got young kids and you're getting quite a few young kids. So first of all, how do you get them? Because, okay, we all know they like to hit, but if you show them the regular game, they may get bored, right? And they say, well, I can do something else a lot more exciting. So
1: what do you do to attract them first? Great question. I I think a lot of the times they either have known the sport, they've seen the sport, they have a friend who plays the sport or one of their parents is a fan of the sport. That's kind of really where it starts. Um, Other than that, you know, it's just going and playing. And the coaches here, especially at the younger ages, do a great job of making the game fun for them. You know, whether it's changing rules up just a little bit to keep the game more active or you know, just finding ways to keep everybody engaged. Like we do a great job at a, at a young age to just keep everything moving and fun. Because at, at especially at that age, it's more important to get them to love the game than it is to play the game competitively, you know? So like, that's kind of how we're attacking it at the younger level. is just make it fun, make them love the sport, you know, teach them how to love the sport and then let that grow into further development. Let me dig into what you said about some of the coaches
0: there, um, you know, I'll call it modifying the game a little bit. I, what's some? Is there something interesting that maybe some of the co- you've seen some of the coaches do that make it a little bit
1: more fun for the kids or modify the game a little bit? I, I mean, it, it's nothing crazy. It's just you know smaller groups breaking it up, and then just making sure that everybody gets a go. You know, like we're we're not especially on on that level. We're not focused on, you know oh, you got to hit the ball. Come on, let's go. Like, it's it's more of, you know, like celebrating when someone does something right, but, you know, not punishing anybody when they do something wrong. And we do a great job of that over here. And that's kind of the, the cool thing about baseball, Ireland, is that the parents actually don't know enough about baseball to like overcoach or right. over support and like overdrive everything. You know, it's just kind of one of those things where their son wants to play I don't know baseball myself, but it seems fun. You go do what you got to do. I'll support you. And it's great because you know, you don't get extreme the extreme sides of that, you know, like everybody's just out there to have fun. And that's, that's really why it's starting to pick up and take off is because it's, it's just fun for the kids. Like a lot of like, we have meetings and meetings and meetings and we have parent associations and we have little league and, you know, groups that run things at, at, that level and they're very good at meeting very often discussing and communicating how they can keep the game fun without making it too much of a, you know, head wreck because you're either sitting out there for too long. Um, like we're on a little league level for pitching wise that this is this year, you know, it's, a, we're, we're kind of trying to test out pitch counts, you know, and you know, some people think that, you know, you put a pitch count on a kid. Um, it's kind of taking their development away, but you know, at that at that age, you know, it is more about fun than it is, you know, them getting to that ultra development side and saving their arms. But we also don't play enough, you know, for that to be a problem, which is great. Um, but it's more or less, you know, this is the two trains of thoughts, you know, one side, if you want to look at it negatively, is you're taking the, the ball away from a kid playing, you know, that could be thrown more strikes or could be, you know, the best player on the team that you need them to, you know, and that's the competitive side. Uh, overshining the fun side of things but you know on the other side too having a pitch count like that it also forces players to be really really accurate with how they throw you know and that's that's kind of where I'm trying to get everybody look because there's some for some against but look if it if it's going to help them have fun if it's going to keep the game moving and on top of that the incentive is throwing more strikes you know what I mean it's not necessarily uh, just throw and then you're done like having the coach be like come on like See how many things you can get within the pitch count. Come on, let's go. You know, easy things like that, that will help develop them to be more, I guess, accurate and just easier to develop later on. You know? Yeah.
0: Two great points. I love about that one. The ref- you know, it's refreshing that, you know, parents don't know much, so they just enjoy the game, watch your kids play. They can't say much, you know, yeah. they're not like in the States where there's a lot of pressure on kids. And that's why we try to educate um, and in Canada, too, that happened, that's why we were in Canada traveling to let the parents know, hey, you know, enjoy the game, relax. You want to play a little catch with them at home. Great. You know, help them out. Maybe because they only practice once a week. Maybe roll them some ground balls, you know, do a few things at home with them. It's kind of nice for parents in, in that case. But it's great that you don't have that. And, two, I think you brought up a great point, you know, with the pitch counts. Not only, OK, safety is one issue because sometimes coaches can be overbearing and want to win, win, win. Yeah. But yeah. then the other point is, yeah, I got to throw strikes,
1: you know?
0: I yeah. mean, uh, that's all. That's,
1: that's the issue that we're having is, like, the pitchers right now, like, there hasn't really been a lot of pitching development. So when the kids get up, it's just, like, the batters just pretty much wait for a walk. And then that's half the reason why we brought in the pitch count is because, you know, pitchers were throwing too much because they were walking too many. And so they're, they're kind of doing it to try and save the arm and trying to get more people through. Um, but like I said, like, you put a pitch count, you can think of it one way or another. You're either taking the ball away from a kid or you're forcing them. It's a, like a parameter, if you will. Like you have this many pitches to throw as many strikes as you possibly can. You know, it's like seeing one side as a negative one side as a positive. And baseball is hard enough as it is. So the more you can in, encourage positivity, the better the kids do, like time and time again. And like like you said, you, some, some coaches or some of the players have parents that are a little bit, you know, like they know baseball. They really want their kids to do good. And, you know, they come in and they, they train and they do well in training. But as soon as like at the drop of a hat, the second that they realize their parents are there, it's just like, boom, because of that. You know what I mean? Because of that pressure from the parents. It, it's sad to see. And it like sometimes like for me, especially I don't let parents in when we train and it has nothing to do on the parents. But I just n- never want kids to get in that situation where they feel like. They're they're under pressure. They have to do better. Their parents are watching, and they're under a magnifying glass. You know, so it's it's more of like when when everybody's in strike zone, like to train for the academies. It's it's just baseball land. That's what I call it. So the world outside of the world, you know, it's baseball world. You come in here. Anything else going on outside? It's gone. You're here to have fun. You're here to get better. You're here to develop, train. You know. Yeah, it makes sense. I love it. Um, you know, part of all this,
0: uh, tell the folks. Little bit about, okay, so the average young player there, how many practices, how many games a year roughly that they get in?
1: Uh at the youth level, uh, they get about 10, 15 games in. They try they train probably once a week and their training at the club level starts like February. Um, it's getting sooner and sooner every year. When I when I started, everybody started training in February and the season starts in April. So (laughs) <laughs> like this is the first year, right? Oh. This is the first year that we, we've actually had year round training. So we're, we're able to start in November with the Academy and finish in October. So I get a month off, which is desperately needed Cause I, I train like 80, 82 players of all ages in a single week. So like it's full on out for me, but I get a month off. Everybody gets a month to kind of, you know, take a break, get back in, reconnect with friends and all that stuff. And then, you know, we start up again in November. No, it's not easy because you're talking
0: about there's different clubs all over the place. So not all the players from other clubs are able to train there because they, because
1: the travel, right? Yeah. I, I mean, like we, we try and do the best we can, but you know, at the end of the day, like when you're dealing with as many players as this, you know, like I would say about 300, 400 players within, you know, eight to, to 15, you know, like, you, you just kind of have to send it out and whoever can, can, you know, and that's, that's one of the ways that we're trying to develop players. And then the other side of stuff is through coaches as well. Like for the players that can't make it, you also have to make sure that you're developing players through the coaches. So last year we started for the first time, like a coaching certification, and it was just level one. It's for like parents and coaches that either parents that might think they want to coach or coaches that have coached in the past, but we're, we're, really doing a great job of trying to get all the coaches to talk the same language so that none of the kids going through the programs through different coaches, right. Have different ways that different coaches talk about different things, to get more confused. Like that's the most confusing thing as a coach or as a player is going from one coach to the next level where the coach is saying the same thing in a different way. And then you have to interpret that, but you knew what the previous coach was talking about, but this coach you have no idea what he's talking about because he's just talking weird. Like, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely.
0: And man, I'm glad you brought that up because that was going to be one of my questions. You know, with the foundation of a game, you know, if you reach 100 coaches, you're reaching, you know, possibly, you know, a thousand players. If they, you know, if they've got all the, you know, 10 players, 12, 15 players a team. So coaches education is so important. And I'm glad to see that you guys are doing that. Um, What had to help with, I mean, it it hurt during the pandemic, but were you able to do some things online with the coaches?
1: Yeah, I mean, like we spent at least me and Sean, who's the uh, treasurer of baseball, Ireland, but he's kind of he's my manager um, for the job uh, that I have. Uh, he, he was in because uh, he, he kind of semi retired and then he retired from his job and then he went back into other stuff. So he, he had some time while he was retired. So he and I, we spent about three months videoing, writing down stuff, coming up with an education program writing that up, getting the scripts, getting the video in, and then cutting it all together to make something that was, you know, at least somewhat understandable, (laughs) not the highest quality, but it's good content. So we have at least 12 videos for 12 different modules that are about 15 minutes each. And, uh, just go through literally the entire game of baseball. Also on our, we have a YouTube as well. Um, Irish baseball Academy. Uh, we, put out like baseball one-on-one so it's pretty much all the rules of baseball in four videos so it, as you could probably assume like it took a long time to do like okay what's more important is it this or is it this there's so many rules of baseball and that's part of the reason you know is to help parents understand players that are interested and want to learn how to play baseball you know the, the main thing is learn the rules and uh, it helps A lot of arguments on the field as well (laughs) because you can just go watch the video man go watch the video i told you it's this go watch the video (laughs) yeah you know what it's funny you bring up the
0: rules because uh you know and you've been in the game no matter what you're not gonna know them all and you're always gonna see something you've never seen we just saw we just saw a major league baseball yesterday you know and i know to a lot of people even the analyst on mlv network it was a little it was a little shocking because you know nobody knows all the rules and But Buck Showalter is pretty good at understanding the rules, been around the game a long time, you know, and they had a situation in MLB where the runner was on third base, I believe. Um, Mm I don't know if you saw it.
1: No, definitely
0: not. (laughs) Basically, well, I I wouldn't even go to that one yet, but I'll give give you an example. Um, Here's a rule that not many people know, um, and that is, you know, on an, the appeal plays, you know, a lot of times, you'll notice players and coaches don't know much about appeals. Well, you got to know the appeal, right. You got to know if there's a timeout time in. And, um, and one thing they don't know is that you can throw the ball to the base where the runners had tagged the runner. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. That way, so that way, if he missed, you know, say second base and he's on third, you throw the ball a second. Well, that runner might run home. They call mm-hmm. him safe. You know, he's going to be safe. Sort of no. all started, you, you defense that i bring all that up because uh, to your point rules are important and the basic rules are, are very important
1: otherwise you're sitting oh, the yeah. knowing what's going on yeah well and it helps you as a player too like i i can say that i didn't know everything but going through these videos like we have that in there as well like all pretty much everything from like the last video that we have is appeal plays and arguing with an umpire so it gets a bit fun obviously because yeah you know, yeah well, but let me like in that the- let me huh? ask about the coaches. How do you get you? You have to try to
0: get coaches, all new coaches to coach. If you do, how do you how do you approach that?
1: They usually approach us like we're not, not necessarily in, in a way looking for more coaches. It's just kind of we're trying at the moment to just get everybody on the same page before we start expanding. Because if you expand too early, and then you, there's just too many to backfill, and then you're constantly fighting so right now we're just making sure everybody gets on the same page but you know we we constantly have this talk where you know in our in our 10 by 10 our 10 year plan essentially is business of growth um you know we want 1500 members which is great and all but time and time again the limiting factor in that growth is coaches and if we don't have enough coaches we it doesn't matter how many players we have like you get like 30 30 players for like two coaches, it's going to be a nightmare if they're not trained, if they don't know what they're doing, if they're just kind of scrambling around and then it's boring for the players and then we lose players, you know? So we grow too fast player-wise and we don't grow at the same pace coaching-wise, then we're in a situation where, you know, the game and even practices get boring and then there's not enough playing time and then teams have to expand. And then if they expand, then you have to have more head coaches, which means that they have to be higher trained. So we're trying to address all this at the same time. So it's a, you know, it's like a shock, pretty much shotgun approach for everything. You know, we we just, and that's kind of the nice thing about COVID is that it gave us an opportunity to look at everything, kind of get a plan going towards developing baseball in Ireland, and then get everything in the right avenues and make sure that we're all headed in the direction forward. It was kind of a nice break because, you know, it's so hard to do when everything's still going, you know, because people are busy, you got other times, you got other plans. But with COVID, it was a nice opportunity for us to be like, all right, we're going to start fresh we're going to start new we're going to start in the right direction
0: yeah those are great points i love them and uh you know and, and as you said now all of a sudden you have this program so later on when people do want to volunteer you can say well we got the program to help you get,
1: get educated and don't
0: worry yep. about it just follow this
1: exactly and it's a lot easier for people that want to walk into baseball um that don't know the rules necessarily just be like hey look there's some videos online if you want to take a look and just kind of get familiar with some of the uh the rules other than that just go play and have fun rather than having to play as you learn, playing as you learn is fun like it's a great way but especially when there's so many rules you kind of need to know a little bit ahead of time <laughs> you know what I mean? so yeah. yeah how about how about the players in ireland um yeah.
0: what kind of play, what, what kind of kids are they you know are they you know like i look at eastern europe you know there's some strong kids mentally you know tough
1: what kind of kids you got there in ireland we we have a wide range of really really driven individuals and messers, which is the you know Irish equivalent of people that you know they're they're kind of there they're kind of not but they'd rather have you know fun joking with their friends and taking things seriously. So like when it's outside of my realm of the academy, I'm I'm you know it's up to the the coaches to be able to corral everybody to keep things interested so that that kind of you know goes away. But when when we're in strike zone, it's it's Frank land, it's baseball land. And we, we do a great job of creating an environment where people want to be involved, want to pay attention. And for me, especially like I'm, I'm the only coach for 82 people. So obviously I can't be making sure everybody's doing it right. So when they walk in the door, it's not, I'm responsible for your development. It's you are responsible for your own development. And what you want to put into it is what you going to get out of, it. you know, and that's essentially what it is. I'm I'm not doing it because I don't have the assistance to do it. But like, if I hand feed them, they're going to walk away knowing nothing, you know? And that's kind of like, I, it always comes back to when I was doing my development, if you will. Like I I went to a coach, it was great, dude. uh, Steve Coffin, amazing guy. He's a a huge, you know, factor. in I guess who I was at that time, you know? And um, you know, he, he taught me, Amazing things. He got me from, you know, not even starting in high school to being until I got hurt. I was like one of the best players in Colorado. And then, uh, you know, I got hurt, spent some time away, then I had to come back. But I realized as I, as I came back from injury, that I didn't know how to get myself back. I didn't know how to re-coach myself to the form that I was in. And that's what I don't want my players to ever have to go through is being in a situation where they walk away and they're like, Oh, what do I do now? What, what, okay, I was doing well there, but why am I not doing well now, you know? So a lot of it is put on their shoulders from the beginning and helping them learn how to be self-motivating, self-driven, how to take themselves through workouts, through their programs. And that's how we can be so dynamic in practice is because everything revolves around an individual taking care of their job during the day, rather than it being a team thing where, okay, team, we're all going to do this today, and then we're all going to do this, and then everybody take turns like, some people will be hitting, some people will be doing bullpens. we got catchers going, people in the gym, like it's everywhere. We use the whole space. Everybody's doing something different that they need to do according to their program. And then later, once you've got all these things in place, later it's easier to put that team together. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like we, we don't get out. The academy doesn't really get out. That's one thing that we are trying to do as an academy, right, is get playing time in Europe because we don't know – our skill level. The kids don't know their skill level in comparison to Europe or outside Ireland. It's just this bubble of baseball, you know? And that's partly for us frustrating for me because, you know, they start getting better and they start improving and then they get, you know, boom, the head start going like, oh, like you, you have no idea what's out there in the world. You're not competing in Ireland, you're competing against the world. Your dreams, your goals, everybody wants that, right? I and mean, you can only say it so many times. So the only thing to back it up is, all right, let's go play, let's go show. The world what you're made of you know so like the our first under 15 academy uh trip is this week so they're in valencia spain playing one of the valencia club yeah. teams and uh I, it seems like they're doing well a couple of couple of inside the park home runs not not brag or anything but you know so like <laughs> they're doing great and uh but it's just an experience that they need they need to get kicked around a little bit they need to learn that you know Baseball is a day thing it's not a, a week or a month thing I'm gonna get better this month it's I, I'm gonna get better today and so in the before this in March we did a, a showcase if you will mm-hmm. um, so in Europe there's a great organization it's kind of just starting up it's baseball uh, recruits for Europe mm-hmm. uh, great dude he he did uh, American football in Germany so he he pretty much did the same kind of scouting and recruiting thing. Um, for football, and then he transferred over to baseball because his son likes baseball and all that stuff. But we had him over. He has a lot of contacts, great dude. He's doing a showcase in April. It's like an online showcase showing off some of the, the best players in Europe to colleges. There's about 40 or 50 colleges that are signed up for it. It's a great stuff. Um, he came over. We went through it. And, you know, like it, it wasn't an experience where it was going to be easy. You know, he he did a great service to us because it wasn't just okay just show me what you got you know it was him kind of egg egging on and pushing and showing them hey look if you're ever in a showcase do not ever do this right you want to be here you want to be attentive and so they kind of got a little bit of that where they were like you could see they were walking out and we're like oh man oh man what am I doing <laughs> like I need to get on top of this and like we have some players that are already starting to generate a little bit of um, I guess interest um, one of our players Uh, Patrick Mitchell he's in he he's in uh what is it Ohio Cincinnati Ohio right now playing high school ball uh he just set the record for the school um for the most strikeouts 18 18 strikeouts yeah so he he went from throwing like 75 77 to throwing 78 in about a year but that was because he wanted to do that he pushed himself to do that and that's the thing if you know, you'll only get as good as you get pushed, right? But if you push yourself, there's no limit.
0: Yeah, and these are all great opportunities for kids. And obviously speaking English also helps if they're going to the States, you know, but you're you're preparing them for possibility of getting some education in the States and playing also baseball. You know, the other part of all this, Frank, is uh, it sounds like you're doing a great job as far as baseball Ireland when it comes to getting the kids prepared for competition, you know, we talk about game stuff, you know, the training as a team um, there's still, and this is interesting because no matter what baseball still has that failure aspect more than yep. any other sport, right? Yep. Because uh, you're going to fail more often than you will succeed, especially in hitting. How are you dealing with that? I mean, it, it, it's, it's gotta be much easier because of the program you have structured, but still what are you doing to deal with when, you know, like you said, all of a sudden they're going to Spain and now they're going to fail uh, yeah, it's good for them, right, because I might work harder, but it also could bring them down to the point where they may not get back unless they've got a mental part, you know, training aspect in their minds and yeah. how they deal with that.
1: Well, like the main, when we walk in, that's the first conversation that we have at the beginning of the academy during the trials and everything is baseball is a failure sport. Three out of 10 times you will fail. <laughs> and that's doing great. <laughs> So like how we deal with failure is how we develop, you know, like having a good day and having a bad day is completely up to how you see it in your mind. You know, if you want to look at all the negatives, you're only going to see negatives. And then from those negatives are only going to be more negatives. You're only going to find negativity if you're looking for negativity. But if you look for little positives and you grow a little bit each day and you look, you get more positive and then more positives and more positives. And it's just, you know, if you know that you're in a failing situation, (laughs) then recognizing that you're you're doing wrong or you're doing not as good as you want to be like that's that's putting yourself into a farther failing situation you know Amen. so oh. we, exactly exactly like i would say half half my job uh, it breaks down into three parts i'm a strength conditioning coach i'm a biomechanics person yeah. and then i'm a sports psychologist <laughs> at the end of yeah. it all like and it's just helping them overcome themselves but like I I say it once I'll say it again I'll, I'll always say it. baseball is a sport of life you know so a lot of the talks that we have about failing and overcoming failure and adversity sometimes it's around baseball but they're you know it's it's more of looking out at the big bigger picture of the world you know like you're not just preparing yourself for baseball you're preparing yourself for life how you're going to handle failure and defeat and how you're going to come back from that and keep pushing forward you know and that's we deal with that every day. We talk about it every day. At least one time a day, somebody has like a down moment and you just got to be like, look, dude, are you that far off? No. Okay. Well, th- then what were you, what are you pouting about? Right. Just pick yourself up, pick one thing, right. If you're having a hard day, pick one thing that you can work on, get that right. And then you, you've just added a piece that now you don't have to worry about. You don't have to think about that. Yeah. You know, the- Day. tomorrow you know you can just keep moving on and it's just more about getting those little victories every day you know that's how you build a pyramid it's brick by brick you don't just yeah. You know, like, so that's kind of how we handle that over here is uh, it's it's more addressing the failure knowing that we're going to fail and then finding productive ways through that failure to better ourselves for tomorrow yeah i love hearing that man that's great stuff and
0: i uh, you know not that you know because you're on the show but I, you guys are really heading in the right direction and i i Appreciate I got to believe baseball Ireland knows that they got a, the right person here heading all this up. Um, again, awesome. this is the first time I've met Frank, the first time, you know, we've talked through text and email and all that, but it's the first time I've met him and I, you know, I am I'm extremely impressed and I'll tell you what, here's a interesting comment from a good friend of ours, John Goulding, John, I met with uh, at the world baseball classic with uh, the Pakistan. He was the national team coach for Pakistan. He's out of California, great high school coach. Been all over Europe. He's currently right now in, um, in managing their national teams in Austria, I believe. And he says, "Good to hear from others trying to develop European baseball." You know, because they he loves European baseball just like you do. Um, and 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 again, just I think that's a great comment from him. He, here's what I want to ask you um, in all this because we're talking about when uh, when these kids are competing. What's the toughest, or training, what's the toughest thing that you've encountered in dealing with baseball in Ireland that you've got to overcome? And you may have mentioned it already, but what's the
1: hardest thing to overcome? Uh, This is going to sound silly, but I think it's the overcoming the idea that you don't need to go to the gym. Ah, that you don't need you don't need to get stronger. That you don't. Baseball is a sport where you shouldn't get stronger. That's that's the one thing that I caught, I have fought that for about four years and finally got my own gym in here because I finally won the battle. Because I, I I tell you what, like I had to bring I had to bring a gym to the national team trainings. Like we were throwing tires, anything. Like we were doing whatever we could to get a little bit of force development into whatever we were doing because. Like it all comes back down to you can you can train or you can train smart you know you can take half the reps and then get a little bit stronger and then learn how to manage that strength and coordination and development and get about one and a half to two times better than if you just go out in the field and you just take reps and time and time again, injuries in baseball they're not like they're not contact injuries they're not force injuries they're repetition injuries right just the constant grinding down of the human body (laughs) right and so if you can take half the reps but still get better right and take mindful reps when you do take reps and then get stronger and work towards building your reps from the gym to the field that's that's how you know that's how you're going to not only improve your longevity um but that's how you're going to get better faster time and time again did you spend a lot of time in a gym i did i did A lot of time in the gym. You know, it was just kind of one of those things where it was kind of my space where I could clear my head. I I always knew that when I was in there, I was was bettering myself, you know? So no matter where I was headspace-wise, like if I was having a down day mentally, I'd just go to the gym because that's where I know at least if if I feel like I'm out of control or like the world's out of control and I can't reel it in, at least I can better myself one day. As hard as it is to get in sometimes, you know, at least I can do a little bit to push myself forward. So...
0: You know, and speaking about that, the young kids, they're, when they grow up, they play other sports. Is there a sport that kind of, that they play, you know, that kind of helps them when also when they decide to play baseball?
1: Uh, I would say uh, hurling. Yeah. We're here. It's just the hand-eye coordination. Now, the only the only caveat to hurling is that the grip is backwards. So, instead of the right hand being on top of the left, it's, it's this way. So, of course, you get a lot of check swings and people that walk into it the first time they, they walk up like this, you know, like, switch your hands. And so it's a lot of battling that for a while. But the hand eye development that they get from hurling is it's out of this world. And a lot of times, like lads that have played hurling they walk into baseball and you be like, OK, well, you know, hitting is a little bit difficult because traveling. But they're, they're used to that. They're running, throwing the ball, hitting it, catching the ball with the stick, like their hand eye coordination is insane. And we get a lot of great players that transfer over. That are just great hitters. They they've never thrown anything overhand in their life, which is a huge problem, <laughs> which is why they get put in the outfit. <laughs> but hitting wise, like you never have to worry about them hitting wise. And also is another reason why we have a bit of a pitching deficit over here is because of the overhand throwing problem. Like they don't throw overhand at all. So that's that's kind of the caveat with that that crossover of other sports is like there's not really uh, other than handball which is, again, another alternative sport, right? Uh, There's not really any opportunity for them to learn at a very young age how to throw something overhand accurately or with force. You know, that's why I'm also glad you brought up handball, folks.
0: Handball is not what you think uh, because I played racquetball handball in the States. Uh, Handball is where it's a team sport where you're running and throwing the ball to each other and then trying to score in a goal, which I saw, and I I loved it because, you know, talk about transferring into baseball. I mean, footwork, right? Hand night coordination, throwing, tall, I mean, all that stuff.
1: It's essentially like soccer with middle infielders.
0: Yes. Yeah, I <laughs> love it. But again, the hurling part, okay, they don't throw overhand, but the no. hitting makes sense. That's why I asked because a lot of times there's sports that all of a sudden here you are, you don't have to deal with the hitting as much. You got to concentrate on the pitching, right? And you've mm-hmm. got the mental part down. So I mean you got great things. Frank, what's uh and add anything you like, but what what's uh some future goals, uh future projects maybe that you have with baseball you guys have with baseball Ireland you may not want to give them out yet but something yeah. that you're looking forward to doing that you haven't done you know you haven't done yet
1: well like right now with strike zone we're we're renting so we're in the middle of a five-year rental and you know a lot of that is being paid through donors and all that so so eventually we kind of want to work towards a bigger project where we get four fields or you know like a complex where we get some land we get a couple fields, little field, uh, you know, some sort of a, a national stadium, and some other fields that everybody can play at, you know, that are quality fields. So Right now, it' not that they're not quality fields, but you know, we have one field that's pretty developed, and the other fields are coming along. But it's all out out in the uh, the old park and some grass. You know, you, sometimes you get a backstop, and uh, you know, we're we're working towards that. But having a complex where we own it you know, everybody can come and play on quality fields and stuff like that. that I think that's kind of in the future. Um, don't know when, because <laughs> obviously, you know, like we're, we're nonprofit, So we, we're not really trying to make money off of it. Or we're not trying to, you know, charge prices for players to play baseball that are extraordinary, mm-hmm. that it will allow some sort of development like that. It's all, it's all donation based. So as, as we develop and we do better, our, our idea is that, you know, people will see that and want to get on board and want to back it a little bit more. And um, so that's kind of a lot of where we're going. It's just, you know, pushing development, pushing out that, Hey, we are doing something with the money that's being given to us. Like we are growing, we're getting better. We're getting more professional. We're working in the right directions to help kind of support the idea that, all right, let's, let's get some money in. Let's get this, this compound going and let's uh, let's take things to the next level. Cause that's really where, where we're at. You know, eventually, it's just it, – it'll stale out. We're, we're either going to have to – some clubs are having to overexpand and, like, say there's an Ashburn team, right? They, they've they expanded to five club teams. They started out with two teams, right? Now they've expanded to five teams because some of the U15 players can play on the senior B team, and so, like, they need playing time, but the B team needs player playing time, so they split up. They're at, like, five, five teams for one field. So, you know, it's busy. It's a busy scheduling, and, like, the reality of – the reality is – of it up there is like they're, they're pretty much either going to have to stop telling people to join the club because they are they don't have enough space or they're going to have to find another field and stuff like that. So, like, it's kind of a win-win for all the other clubs as well. Like, there's another club in uh, the Mariners in Shagana. They just started a, another field as well – another team as well uh, for the B team but for the cadet-level B team, so 15-, 16-year-olds, so they can get experience playing in the senior level. i got a feeling you're heading in the right
0: direction i think you're going to reach some of these goals you're talking about i'll tell you why because you're reaching a grassroots level you're educating coaches you're not doing it too fast you've got national team programs which is a goal for kids right they get to play for their country um hopefully one day they you know the world baseball classic will be there with you know as a qualifier maybe with something because you see some of the countries qualifying then all of a sudden the stadium you know that you know they can be proud of there's a lot of great things happening um and so i think that uh things will go forward uh, anything else you
1: got for me frank I Don't think so. I, I re- yeah i really appreciate the opportunity to share baseball uh, in ireland with you
0: early yeah well you know and i'll tell the folks because they've heard about it obviously you know isg baseball has been around 30 years we've done some seminars in ireland tom o'connell our president um you know, we we're going to be talking about obviously helping more. You know, coaching programs. Then we got a meeting coming up with Baseball for Good, who I'm part of. Also, um, uh, you know, there there we you know there's going to be I think some interesting talks. So I, I believe, you know, not only with those two organizations, but as you mentioned, there's other people out there with donations. We're going to put some stuff on the show notes. Um, we're going to do what we can. You know, we do it for a lot of countries, just trying to let people know what you're trying to accomplish all volunteers. And I think that's the key. You know, I know that's your full-time job, but everybody else in that country and most countries are
1: volunteers and they do it for the love of the game. That's exactly it. And like, there was, there was a time we were hosting a a tournament and there, there was a banner put up on the tournament. And I think it speaks a lot to just baseball in Ireland. Like the banner was just for the love of the game. Like it's the purest form of baseball. I and mean, you're not doing it for anything else other than just love for the game. And that's, I think that in itself is what's really inspired me. It's coming over here. and just played baseball for what it is, you know, a fun game with a lot of people that want to work hard and want to get better and want to develop. And then that's where I come in to help them, you know, achieve that. Not because they, they're forced to, or they feel like they need to get to the next level, but they just simply want to be better at the sport that they love, you know, and that's at its purity. It's so beautiful. You know I, so I, I'm with you man because uh,
0: again all over the world and I keep going back to it they're all volunteers they, they do it exactly what you're saying and, and that's what's great about traveling the world is being able to work along some of these people help them they help you too because you know you're gonna learn stuff from them a lot of times you know and I, and I was gonna end it with this but it, I just thought of something you know a lot of times when you're not in the game full time, you see a different perspective. And I'll give you an example. You know, I'll sit with my wife, watch a baseball game. She doesn't watch many games and she'll go, uh, why is he doing that? Why doesn't he do it this way? And then also I'm thinking, you know, why didn't I think of that? Yeah. Because, you know, they are looking at it from a different angle. They haven't, you know, they're not exposed to the negative
1: stuff as much, right? Because they got yeah. an of open, an open mind. Yeah. um, That's, that's it. Like when I came over here for a long time, you know, I was like, Oh man, I really need some coaching help. So like I went on YouTube, I went on Facebook, I was looking through all this stuff. Right. And then eventually like I got to the point, I was like, what am I watching? What, what exactly is going, nothing that they're doing is going to transfer over here. So why am I even filling my, like, why am I wasting my time with this? It was just mainly stepping back from that like mainstream knowledge and being like, all right, I gotta do this myself. Like I gotta be able to adapt to the environment, not just throw stuff at them and hope it works, you know? So like being able to step back, like you said, and take a look at it from a different angle has really helped, I guess, development for the academy because like we do stuff, I have no idea if anyone else is doing it because I don't look, I don't wanna look, you know? and it. But if it's working, it's working. And just kind of building our knowledge of how things can transfer over here and like expand over here. And it might be what some parts of the world are doing, some parts are not. But time and time again, we're ahead of the curve with what we do over here because of that, because of the willingness to break out from the mainstream and find your own path, I guess. Absolutely. Awesome. I'll tell you what,
0: Frank, great way to end it. Um, fantastic job. Loved it. Um, and, you know, again, we'll put everything in the show notes. Uh, look forward to our meetings next week and uh, keep up the great work, buddy. You know, that? glad to meet Appreciate
1: you. Appreciate it. A pleasure. Pleasure's
0: mine. All right, mine. man. Frank Andrews, the high-performance development coach for Baseball Ireland. Fantastic. Thanks to Frank. Thanks to Brian Crocker, producer with the Lineup Media Group. Also, special thanks to everybody in the U.S. and around the world. We really appreciate what you've done. Over 100 countries listening to the show. Keep doing us a favor. Just get it out. It's free. We just want people to know about it. Brett, thanks for the well-done. Thanks for the the. Uh, – we'll get you on the show, Brett. Email me, kaliendal19 at gmail.com. Hey, uh, also, remember, folks, uh, pray for our friends in Ukraine. And also, you know what? They got family in Russia. Russia's got family. You know, people in Russia got family in Ukraine. Um, you know, pray for all of them. We got to get this thing done and over with and and help all these people. So anything you can do out there to help our buddies in Ukraine, please do. And uh, remember, stay safe, be healthy. God bless you. And we'll see you on the next show, everybody. Adios. Thank you. This has been Baseball Outside the Box with Peter Caliendo. Listen online at
1: BaseballOutsideTheBox.com and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and all major podcast outlets. Join the conversation on Facebook and Twitter. Get all of our podcasts now at LineUpMedia.fm.
0: This podcast was a presentation of LineUpMedia.fm.